Well, hey, New Life family, thank you so much for joining us for our online worship weekend experience. We're so glad that you chose New Life Christian Center today. Pastor Dave will be here this weekend live at the Turlock campus, and I'll be live at the Patterson campus. But we just want to say thank you so much for joining us. And if you were just scrolling through or maybe a friend suggested you to uh, check us out and you do not have a home church, then we want to say to you, Welcome home. Hey, I just want to go ahead and call it out. Maybe throughout this message I may uh, cough a little bit. Uh, a couple of weeks ago my wife and I uh, had COVID and we're still kind of uh, have some of the remnants uh, of that. And One of that is I have a little bit of a dry cough. So if I have a couple little dry coughing spells, just try to ignore that. Please don't allow that to be a distraction for what God wants to do in your life today because we are continuing the series that we started at the beginning of the year called The Time Is Now. And I want to read our key verse for this weekend. It's found in Romans chapter 12, verses 1. And this is the letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the people of Rome. And I want to read it first from two different translations. First from the Passion Translation, and then from the New International Version. The Passion Translation says this, Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? To surrender yourselves to God to be his sacred, living sacrifices. And live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. From this becomes your genuine expression of worship. And the NIV version says this, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Hey, will you bow your heads with me before we get into the message? Father, thank you so much for your word. Lord, it's like nutrients to our soul. And Father, we receive it as that today. Speak your words through your servant to your people. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, if you want to follow along with us, we actually have the sermon notes, the message notes uh, online through our app. So you can just go to our app, download our app, and then click on the very middle of it where it says read more, and that'll pull up the fill-ins for today's message. We just want to encourage you to follow along with us if you want to. Well, over the last several weeks, we've been in this series, like I said, called The Time Is Now. And we began by making this call to action by saying the time is now to know God, to know our identity in him and his desire to have a deep connection with us because he knows us. He knows everything about us. He knows your strengths. He knows your your weaknesses. He knows all the good, the bad, and the ugly about you, and he still loves you, and he wants us to know and love him. That was week one. And then in week two, we said that the time is now to move beyond regret. It's difficult for us to move on with our lives and our relationships if we're constantly clinging and holding on to our past mistakes. Jesus wants us to confess and acknowledge our mistakes and our sin, confess those to him, and then move on. We can't push towards all that God has for us and be everything that he created us to be if we're constantly holding ourselves back because of our regret. That was week two. And then last week, we took advantage of it being the sanctity of life week, and we said that the time is now for life, all life, to view and honor life through the lens of Jesus, that not one single person is an accident. 
Not one single person is expendable because all life is God's design. And we all have the mark of the creator on us. And that leads us to this week's topic of worship. The time is now to worship. After all, that's what we were created to do. One song says that you and I were made for worship. To worship the Father and have relationship and connection with him. Not just in heaven. Not just on the the new earth someday when we go from this life onto our next one. But now. Because remember, Jesus prayed, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is not just some futuristic talk. That's now. Worship is an amazing word. We talked about this a little bit last year, that whether or not we know it, you and I worship every single day. Someone or something we worship. Think about this. Some of you begin your day by praying, by reading scripture. Maybe you sit in silence or you do some yoga or you catch up on the news or maybe you go for a run or maybe you hit the gym. And some of you are thinking, Jeremy, I don't have time for any of that, okay? I get up, I throw my hair up, I get my kids up, I shove breakfast in their mouth, I make lunches, I get them on the bus or I take them to school and then it's off to work, I go, (laughs) I don't have time to read, I don't have time to study, I don't have time for devotion or to pray or to worship. Well, hang on. Let's look at that word just for a minute. Okay, the definition of worship in regards to God is this, listen to this. To honor or show reverence for a divine being or supernatural power. To honor or show reverence for a divine being or supernatural power. However... There's another definition that I don't believe you and I pay too much attention to. That's actually a distraction for us. One that takes away, this definition takes away from our worship to our Father. And it's this. An extravagant respect or admiration for or devotion to an object of esteem. Did you catch that? This other type of worship, if we're not careful, can take our focus and attention away from living a life that worships and honors God. Remember, just a couple of minutes ago, I said that every day you and I worship something or someone. The question that I want us all to wrestle with this weekend is this. Who or what am I worshiping most? Because now more than ever, I believe it's time we focus our lives on worshiping God. The time is now to worship God with our whole life. And I believe we can worship God with our whole lives from the time that we wake up until the time that we go to bed at night. Without it having to be this time that, of intentionality where we stop physically doing whatever we're doing to worship him. Because here's how the, the message translation says this verse in Romans 12.1. I love this. So here's what I want you to do. This is the Apostle Paul talking. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. Translation, respond to God by surrendering everything you do throughout the day as an act of worship to him. 
You see, it's easy for our attention and our worship to be given to selfish motives and selfish agendas, isn't it? It's possible to worship other gods without even knowing it, without even realizing it. To worship someone or something according to that second definition that we read earlier. We can worship our work. We can worship our schedule. We can worship our kids. We can worship our kids' schedules. We can worship our spouses and our friends and our addictions and our hobbies. And just, just to give you an example, I have a confession that I need to make. I absolutely love what we call worship music. Hillsong, Elevation, Passion, Bethel, Maverick City, Crowder, Tomlin, all of it. I love it. However, back when it began to really become popular, I noticed that I began to substitute my time of praying and reading and spending alone time with God with just playing music. Uh, playing music. And over time, I began to ask myself, am I worshiping worship music more than I'm worshiping God? I mean, I love these songs. I love the melodies, and I love the construct and the arrangements and the buildups and the bridges, on and on. But what I began to notice is that I wasn't paying too much attention to the words, and some of the songs, I, I didn't even know the words. So I thought, wait a minute. I'm so into the rhythm and the note progression and the coolness of some of this new music, I believe I've forgotten the one for whom the song is actually worshiping. I lost my focus of worship, but the Apostle Paul is saying that your whole life, everything you do throughout the day, should be a lifestyle of worship to God. Well, how do we do that? How do we live a life of devoted worship to our Heavenly Father? Well, first, I think we need to understand what the word worship actually is. So here's your first film for the weekend. It says this, worship is my response to God's love. Worship is my response to God's love. My first purpose in life is to worship God. Did you hear that? My first worship and your, your first purpose in life is to worship God. Yes, our families are important. Yes, our jobs and our careers are important. Yes, your mental health and your physical health are important. Yes, your attitudes and your behaviors and your decisions are important. But our first purpose in life is to worship God. Worship is focusing my attention on God. Look what the author of Hebrews says in chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by how? Keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Our purpose in life is to worship God. To keep our eyes on Jesus and run the race for which he has called us. That is our purpose. So several years ago, there's a man named Bill Mallory. And he traveled to India to discover the purpose of life, but he didn't find it. He didn't find the answer. So after returning from India back to the United States, he noticed a sign at a Chevron gas station that simply said, as you travel, ask us. As you travel, ask us. So every time that Bill pulled into a Chevron station, he would say to one of the employees, hey, I'm a traveler. I'd like to ask you a question. 
what is the purpose of life? And these were some of the real answers that he documented that he got from some of the Chevron employees. One person said, the first person said, "Uh, sorry, uh, but I'm new here. (laughs) Another person at a different Chevron said, I don't remember anything in the manual about that. At a different Chevron, another employee said, I'm not much for church myself, sir. (laughs) And one guy even gave him a leering look and a wink, whatever that means. (laughs) However, most people just gave him a blank stare, but he kept asking at every Chevron station he'd visit, what is the purpose of life? Finally, one day, he got a phone call from Chevron Customer Relations, and it said this. The person on the other end said this. We understand that you've been asking questions and getting unsatisfactory answers. The man suggested that he write out his question and send it to Chevron Corporate with a self-addressed stamped envelope. So he wrote out, what is the purpose of life, and sent it to Chevron Gas Company. A couple of weeks later, the envelope was returned with an application for a credit card. That's what, that was the purpose of life, I guess, to Chevron. I'm not knocking Chevron, but I think that was just a funny story. But the Bible teaches that we were created for God's enjoyment and his pleasure. He planned us for his purpose. Now, it's, like, it's kind of like having our own children. Most of us have children to grow our families, right? To spend time with and love and offspring between us and our spouse. To enjoy and to nurture and to give life and to make memories. It's a natural part of life. It's the same with our relationship with God. We're all different, just like our children are all different. If you have more than one. Different personalities, different emotional and psychological needs, different desires and passions, different likes and and dislikes. Now, Janet and I, we have four children, Caleb, Taylor, uh, Seth, and Ella. We have four children, boy, girl, boy, girl. Caleb, our first, was born no imagination, zero imagination. We would give this kid toys and everything, nothing. This kid, he's super analytic. He's an introvert. He's our why kid. Everything's why, why, why. I'm like, I feel like I'm, I'm listening to the birds on Finding Nemo. Just why, why, why. He learned everything super quick, super easy. So we're like, man, this, this having kids thing, this is easy. And then Taylor came. Feral. Yeah, like a feral cat. And those of you that have more than one child, you know that's your second one as well. But super strong-willed, independent, still to this day, but totally right-brained, super artsy. That's Taylor. And then here comes Seth. Seth has a huge imagination, all right? We didn't have to entertain this kid at all. Silly, extroverted, everyone loves him, super kind. And then our baby, Ella, sweet, honest, sometimes too honest, uh, tender and caring and extroverted and smart, but all four of my children are completely different. And you know what? God designed them that way. And he designed them that way for his purpose. And he designed and created and loves you the same way. And our response back to God and back to his love is our worship. That's how he wants us to love him back, through our worship. Matthew 22, Jesus is teaching the first and the greatest commandment. He says, I made you to love you and to know you. I want you to know and love me back. Verses 37 to 38, Matthew 22, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. 
We love God by worshiping him. Worship is knowing and loving God back. It's our primary objective, our highest priority, our number one purpose in life. Okay, so what does that look like? How do we worship God? Prayer, singing, reading scripture, communion, serving, spending time alone with him, sitting in silence, Walking through nature and connecting with him in our soul with the sound of the breeze through the trees or the, or, or the whistling of the birds in the air. Going to the coast and pondering on his goodness with the, with the crash of each wave that comes in. Those are some examples. But it's also things like praying before a meal. Talking to a co-worker about Jesus. Supporting the less fortunate. Thinking about your blessings while driving to work or listening to a podcast or, or an audible book or some music that honors God. Who or what controls your thoughts? Who or what controls your desires? Who or what controls your motives and your actions and your attitudes? That who or that what could just be the who or the what that's getting your worship, and the time is now to worship God. Remember our key verse from the New International Version. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Worship is the way I respond to God because he loves me. God takes the initiative and makes the first move. He creates us, he saves us, he forgives us, he blesses us, he protects us, and as a result, I respond in worship. I offer. The word offer describes worship, and that leads us to fill in number two. It says this, worship is giving back to God. Worship is giving back to God. Think about this. Whenever you and I give back or offer anything to God, that is called worship. That brings pleasure to him. When we're grateful to our Heavenly Father, that, bling, that brings him pleasure. And you think, but what do I give to God? What can I offer God? He has everything. You give him your love. With all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. I believe God wants us to love him in three different ways. Number one, thoughtfully. He wants us to love him thoughtfully, to love him with our mind, with our thoughts, to think through, not just to, not just to do it without thinking, but think about his love. Think about his goodness. Think about his grace and, and how he's brought you through moments. The second way is passionately. God wants you to love him emo with all your emotions, with all your heart, and with all your soul. He passionately loves us, and he wants us to passionately love him back. And the third way is practically. With all your strength, with all your abilities. God wants your attention, God wants your affection, and God wants your abilities. Whenever you take the things God has given you and you give those back to Him, that's the heart of worship. And the greatest expression of our love is often displayed by our attention. Think about that. When you're having a conversation with someone and they're not paying attention to you, they're on their phone and they're looking off, 
You feel like, I know they're not paying attention to me. I know that, I know that they're not hearing what I'm saying. But when you talk to a spouse or your children or, or to a friend or to a, a teacher or to a mentor or, 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 or anybody and you know that you have their attention, there's something, there's a connection that's made between the two of you. And I believe that's one of the greatest things that we can give God is our attention. But we all know that there are things out there that's fighting constantly for our attention, isn't there? We get distracted. We're self-centered by nature. We're self-centered by culture. And we know neither one of those are healthy. Look what the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 8, 7. Focusing on yourself is the opposite of focusing on God. Anyone completely absorbed in self ignores God and ends up thinking more about self than God. So how do we do that? How do we focus our attention on God? How do we take control of now being the time to truly worship God with our attention and our affection and our ability? Well, first, I believe we need to establish some sort of quiet time between us and God. A daily one-on-one with God. Look what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 6. But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. So the first thing we need to do is establish a quiet time. Second, we have to have a constant conversation with him. Look what King David wrote in Psalm 105. Search for the Lord and for his strength. Then look what he says. Continually seek him. Tell God you love him. You can say it. God, I love you. You don't have to hold it back. You know what? He, he said it first, so he's already taken the risk away. <laughs> you know, when you're in a relationship, you're like, uh, I think I love them. I want to tell them I love them. But if I don't get that love, I love you back, ugh, that can be pretty scary. Guess what? Jesus already took the risk away. He already said it first. So you can say it back. That takes us to our third fill-in. It says this, worship is expressing my affection to God. Worship is expressing my affection to God. God said to the prophet Hosea in chapter 6, I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. I want to read that again. I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to show, I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. God doesn't want ritual. He doesn't want religion or rules or regulation. He wants a relationship. The greatest way to express your love and your worship to God is by giving your whole life to him, by yielding your way to his way, your life to him. There's an old saying that goes like this, you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. You can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. Remember, our worship is a response. God gave us life. And he says, I want you to give yourself completely back to me. And another way that we can do that is with our abilities. Here's your last feeling for the weekend. Worship is using my abilities with God. Now, notice I didn't say worship is using my abilities for God. That's part of it. But worship is using my abilities with God. This is the practical expression of worship and love. I want, to read a, I want to read a verse here, and I, I, want, I want to preface it by saying this. If you get this next verse, it will absolutely change your life. 
It helps you to understand that in order to worship God, you don't have to change jobs. You just have to change who you're working for. When you change who you're working for, your work becomes worship. Many of us compartmentalize our life, don't we? And God says, I want you to invite me into every area of your life. I want to be involved in it. You ready? Here's the verse. Colossians 3, 23. This is written by Paul. Put your heart and soul into every activity you do as though you were doing it for the Lord himself and not merely for others. Put your heart and soul into every activity you do as though you are doing, as though you are doing it for the Lord himself and not merely for others. In this one life, it's not necessarily what you do that matters. It's who you do it for. Give it all to God and all your work can be turned into worship. Determine in your heart, in your mind, this quote. I'm going to do this as if I'm doing it for you, God. What I'm doing, I'm going to do it as if I'm doing it for you, God. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, you could say, well, Jeremy, it you say it doesn't matter what I do, but it does matter. I mean, I can't be a drug dealer and say, oh, I'm doing this for God. You're absolutely right. But think about you, think about your career. Think about your job. You could be a carpet cleaner, an attorney, a nurse. You may be home raising your children as a stay-at-home uh, mom, a stay-at-home dad, an executive, a sales uh, person, a truck driver. It doesn't really matter what you do. It's who you do it for. This turns your work into worship. God doesn't want our worship to just be a church thing. <laughs> he, he, he wants it to be our whole life, to worship God with our whole life. Real intentional living doesn't happen just in church. It doesn't. It doesn't even happen in a small group or your quiet time. It happens in ordinary, routine, mundane things of real life. To say, God, whatever I'm doing, I'm going to do it for you. And when you do that, then your life becomes an act of worship. Because real worship is a lifestyle. So in closing, let me ask you, what are you worshiping? I can tell you that it's whatever you are giving your primary attention to, whatever you're giving your primary affection to, and whatever you're giving your primary abilities to. Your attention, your affection, and your abilities. Maybe it's your career. Are you worshiping the art of making money? Retirement? Pleasure? Sex? Another person? Because the greatest temptation of your life and the worst sin you could possibly commit is the temptation to worship something other than God. I want to say that again. The greatest temptation of your life and the worst sin that you could ever possibly commit is the temptation to worship something other than God. Whenever you love something more than God, you're going to have chaos. Whenever you love something more than God, you're going to have conflict and stress and problems in your life. When I love comfort more than doing the right thing, I'm going to have trouble. 
When I love protecting my ego more than God and humility, I'm going to go down the wrong path. And when I love my reputation and money and pleasure or anything else more than God, it creates all kinds of havoc in my life. And maybe you've been there. Maybe you're there now. It's the worst. It is the worst of the greatest temptations because it's the one that Satan used on Jesus. If he'd have had a bigger temptation, trust me, he would have used it. But in all the three temptations that the devil encountered Jesus with, it was about worship. He said, why don't you, why don't you worship something else? So I want to challenge you to make the number one goal of your life before anything else, to know God, to love God, and to live a lifestyle of worship in everything that you do. From the time you wake up to the time you go to bed, to have this mindset, this frame of mind that everything that I do today is going to be an act of worship. Wherever you're watching from this weekend, will you bow your heads? Father, thank you so much, Lord, that even right now, as I get to communicate your words, Lord, that is an act of worship. Father, with my hands out, Lord, my eyes closed, and my heart connecting with your heart, Lord, I'm worshiping you. And Father, I know that it's so easy for us to get distracted by multiple voices and the chaos and the noise around us, Lord, that we tend to lose our attention off of you and on the other things, Lord, but you want our attention, you want our affection, and you want our abilities. So, Father, we turn that to you. The time is now to worship you with my attention. The time is now to worship you with my affection. The time is now to worship you with my abilities. And I pray to everyone under the sound of my voice, everyone that's watching, everyone that's listening, Father, that they will begin to live a life of worship, one that is a sweet fragrance to you, Lord, and that you accept. We ask all this in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Before we go, I want to read this one last uh, verse again from 12, uh, Romans 12, 1, from the Message Translation. I love it. <coughs> Excuse me. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, your going to work, your walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. Hey, thank you for tuning in this week. There's a lot of great things happening here at New Life. We want you to keep tuning in every week because we know that God's got a great year planned for you. And for more information about our church and the things that we do in our community, check out newlifecc.com or follow us on any of our social, social media platforms. Hey, we love you. Have a great week. God bless.